friends, welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our scorekeeper, Carter Zanke. How are you doing today, Carter? I'm just excited for the new year. Yes, I am too. This is our first episode of 2022, and we want to thank everybody who's been listening to us throughout the calendar year 2021, and we hope that we will do even better this year. And so, and we think we've got a good episode to start the year off with here. We've got two new contestants, so let's meet them. First, we have Sam. Hi, I'm Sam Rudy. I'm an associate project manager for Bionova Natural Pools in Northern Jersey, um, and I am enjoying some green tea today. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being here, Sam. And we also have Hannah. Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah Cornell, and I'm currently a graduate student studying science education at the University of of Virginia, and I have chamomile tea tea today to help quell the nerves. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thank you both for being here. And now, as with all of our regular episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions today, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Round one is our first general knowledge round. There's five multiple choice questions for each of you. Um, Questions here with 10 points each if you get them correct. So choose the correct answer. Alrighty, Sam, you are up first. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Okay. Question one. Which of the following leagues does not have 32 teams? A, the NBA, B, the NHL, or C, the NFL? Oh, boy. So, the NFL definitely does. I'm not super sure about the NBA and the NHL because both have a handful of Canadian teams and it gets a little funky. I want to say that the NHL is the correct answer, so I'm going to go with the NHL. Uh, no, it was actually the NBA. Oof. The NHL used to have 30 teams. Um, however, they've added two teams, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken, since 2017. Forgot about that. <laughs> Question two. Before becoming vice president in 1977, Walter Mondale served as the U.S. senator from what Midwestern state? A, Illinois, B, Wisconsin, or C, Minnesota? Oh, boy. So I have absolutely no idea. Um, You said his last name was Mondale? Mondale, yep. Okay. Can you repeat the options one more time? Yeah. A, Illinois, B, Wisconsin, or C, Minnesota? He sounds like a Wisconsin man. He's actually from Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He was their senator from 1964 to 1976. Question three. What is the world's largest rodent? A, the African honey badger, B, the North American beaver, or C, the capybara from South America? So, oh, I've seen two of these in person honestly don't know which one's bigger, but I don't know that one of them is even a rodent. So I'm going to go with the capybara. That's correct. Um, The honey badger is not a rodent. Um, And the capybara typically is around four feet long and can weigh over 100 pounds. Question four. The game Dungeons and Dragons requires many specialty dice. The most iconic of these is the one used for skill checks and saving throws, which has how many sides? A, 8, B, 12, or C, 20. So I've actually never played Dungeons and Dragons. 8, 12. 
I'm going to go with 12, just because it's in the middle. Uh, it was actually 20. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, well, 8-sided eight, uh, dice and 12-sided dice are also required for various combat and healing calculations. Neither of them can hold a candle for the cultural status of the 20-sided dice. And finally, question 5. The daughter of which of the following presidents was married in the White House? A. William McKinley, B. Theodore Roosevelt, or C. William Howard Taft? This is another one that I really have no idea. Um, I'm just going to go with my favorite of the three and say Theodore Roosevelt. That's correct. Alice Roosevelt married Ohio Representative and later Speaker of the House Nicholas Longworth on February 17th, 1906. Alrighty, Hannah, are you ready for your five questions? I guess. <laughs> okay. Question one. The New York City subway has the highest annual ridership of any rapid transit system in the United States. Which system has the second highest ridership? A, the Washington Metro, B, the Chicago L, or C, the Bay Area Rapid Transit, or BART? Hmm. Interesting. Three different heavily populated cities. Um, but I think I'm going to have to guess Chicago. It was actually D.C., Oh, really? Yeah, the Chicago L is third and BART is fifth. Wow. And this was based That's on ridership awesome. data from 2019. Yeah. Cool. Question two. In a standard game of Monopoly, what colors are the property sets that contain two properties instead of the standard three? A, browns and dark blues, B, light blues and yellows, or C, reds and greens? From what I remember, it's been many years since I've played Monopoly, sadly. But I remember always trying to get some blues. So I'm going to guess A, browns and blues. That is correct. Yes. Awesome. Question three. Which of the following movie soundtracks was not composed by Hans Zimmer? A, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. B, Madagascar. Or C, 12 Years a Slave. Oh, interesting. I, I'm almost positive Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Pearl is. But okay, it's 12 Years a Slave in Madagascar. My initial reaction is very much against Madagascar. <laughs> um, but I think that's maybe some sort of like throw me for a loop. So I'm actually going to say C, 12 Years a Slave. This was a bit of a trick question. The answer is actually um, A, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Pearl. He composed the music for the second and third installments in the franchise but the the music for the first one was actually composed by klaus um Badelt, and oh, zimmer dang. was the music uh, producer for the film whoa man you really got me good there i did yeah he, he did madagascar he did <laughs> I, I <had> no idea. <laughs> yeah question four which of the following historical figures was born on january 1st a thomas jefferson b paul revere or C, Martha Washington? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea on this one, um, but I'm going to guess C, Martha Washington. It was actually B, Paul Revere. Dang. He was born January 1st, 1735. And finally, question five. The Taimir herd in Russia is the largest known group of what large ma land mammal in the world? A, bison. B, mountain lions, or C, reindeer? Interesting. 
can't say I know this. Don't know much about forum fauna in Russia. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have to go between either bison or reindeer. Um, and I'm going to guess a bison. It's actually reindeer. Dang! Estimates on the size of the herd range from 400,000 to 1 million reindeer. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that's the end of round one. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? A pretty good start with Sam at 20 and Hannah at 10. It's time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week our question was, John Madden, the namesake of the popular video game, was a Hall of Fame NFL coach who won a Super Bowl in 1977 as the head coach of what team? And the answer to that is the Oakland Raiders. They beat the Minnesota Vikings in that Super Bowl 32-14. to And Madden was the coach of the Raiders, who are of course now in Las Vegas, from 1969 to 1978. And uh, many thanks to Matthew Cheka for writing in with the correct answer. Always wonderful to have a fellow Matthew contribute to the podcast. And so, for this week's question... In honor of Betty White, Betty White was the first woman to produce a sitcom, Life with Elizabeth. In recognition of that, in 1955, she was named to the honorary position of mayor of what Los Angeles neighborhood? So, have a think about that, send me your answers, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. And if you do that, I will send you a sticker. Alrighty, and now it's time for round two. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Uh, yes, in round two, you'll each get five open-ended questions on the same topic. Um, questions here are now worth 20 points, and if you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 10 points. Alrighty, uh, both of you are going to get uh, the same topic, and since this is the first episode of 2022, we thought that we would do a round on New Year's traditions from around the world well sort of around the world mostly in the u.s so sam are you ready for your five questions oh i'm so ready okay question one each new year's eve people ring in the new year with the annual ball drop in what manhattan entertainment center this is actually really embarrassing that i don't know this what's say repeat the question one more time each new year's eve people ring in the new year with the annual ball drop in what Manhattan Entertainment Center. Basically, where do people watch the ball drop? Oh, in Manhattan. Times Square? Yes, that's correct. I was having a hard time figuring out how to describe Times Square without calling it. Saying you know. it, yeah. I'm thinking like building or something. I was like, huh? No, but, no, okay. yep, just Times Square. <laughs> the tradition has been celebrated annually since December 31st, 1907. Question two. Beginning in 2008, the National Hockey League has played an outdoor game annually on January 1st, called the what the winter classic that's correct this year's winter classic was played at target field in minneapolis and featured the st louis blues and the minnesota wild question three what parade has been an annual new year's day tradition in pasadena california since 1890 hmm i am not sure for some reason my immediate thought just went to thanksgiving parades and i was like that's not right. <laughs> in Pasadena, California, a parade. Um, yeah, I have no clue. All right. 
Hannah? The Rose Bowl. I just watched it today. Yeah, the, ro the Rose Parade. Uh, the tradition has been uh, interrupted only a few times uh, by World War II in 1942, 43, and 45, and then the pandemic last year. And it resumed this year. And my nice. mom and I watched this morning. We yeah, are recording this nice. episode, by the way, on January 1st. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was earlier today. Question four. This year's Grand Marshal of the Rose Parade was actor LeVar Burton, whose various projects include hosting what children's educational program from 1986 to 2006? Children's educational. Okay. It ended in, you said, 2006? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with my immediate thought, and it's definitely wrong, but The Reading Rainbow. That's correct. Oh, let's go. Yeah. The show won 26 Emmy Awards over its run, including 10 for Outstanding Children's Series. And finally, question five. Among the last inhabited places to ring in the new year, one hour later than Hawaii, is what U.S. island territory located in the South Pacific? Uh, trying to think which territory is down there. Um, South Pacific. The... I'm going to go with uh, the Philippines. No. No. Hannah? I. This could be a really stupid guess, but is it Guam? No, uh, Guam is a little bit further um, further west. They're on the okay. other side of the International Dateline. Um, American Samoa is the answer. Oh, oh. yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's Guam located... was my next guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's located about 40 miles east of the independent island nation of Samoa, which is on the other side of the International Dateline. And so as a result, it is 24 hours ahead of American Samoa. Wow. Yeah. All righty. Hannah, are you ready for your five questions? Ooh, I guess so. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Question one. Since 2005, who has been the host of ABC's coverage of the ball drop in Times Square? Ryan Seacrest. That's correct. Dick Clark had been the host since New Year's Eve 1975, but he suffered a stroke in 2004 and ceded hosting duties to Seacrest, um, though Clark continued to be on the broadcast until his death in 2012, and the television program is still called Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Question two. Starting in 1801, it was a tradition for the president to open the White House on New Year's Day for a reception. The final reception was held on January 1st, 1932, and was hosted by what president? 32. Oh, man, presidents are not my thing. Um, I'm going to guess 32. Jeez. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, no, it was not Truman. Uh, Sam? I also am with Hannah. I do not know presidents very well. 1932, so like 80 years, or no, 90 years ago, yeah. um, which would be roughly 12-ish, 13-ish presidencies ago. Um, this uh, Let's see, this guy was the, he was the 31st president. Yeah. If that helps. Some more ago. It's still not going to help. <laughs> um, ugh, yeah, I don't know. Kennedy. Uh, no, this is Herbert Hoover. It was, oh. a, it was a major social event in D.C. for over 100 years, and historic photos show the public waiting in long lines that wrapped around several blocks uh, to get yeah. into the executive mansion. That's pretty cool. I should cool. have known that. Question three. 
What song, whose text was written by Robert Burns and based on a Scottish folk song, is traditionally sung at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve? This, uh, oh, I kind of don't remember exactly the name, but it's the it's what UVA's fight song is. I think it's called something like, like, Oh, Tottenham Bell or something like that. I don't know if it's exactly right, but it's close. Do, um, I can sing it. I was just say, do you want to sing a couple of bars? <laughs> I can sing the UVA version. <laughs> the do, 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 Yeah, that's the one. What's like, do, but do you remember what it's called? Oh, Tottenham <laughs> I really don't remember. Okay, All nice. I think about is the UVA version. Yeah, no, it's not not that. Um, Sam, do you know the title? I have no clue based off of, like, my own mind, but based off of Hannah's guess, I believe she was trying to say, oh, Tannenbaum? No, no, um, the, the title is actually Old Lang Syne. Old Lang, oh, oh, dang. Yeah, um, which literally... I need to start with an O. <laughs> yeah, it literally translates to Old Long Since. I forgot that it was the basis for the UVA. Yeah, song. the Cavalier <laughs> song. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carter, I think we can give Hannah half credit for kn knowing the tune, at least. Agreed. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so we will give her 10 points. Okay, question four. One of the first places in the world to ring in the New Year annually, annually what city produces two fireworks shows, one at 9 p.m. on December 31st and the second at midnight in the backdrop of its iconic harbor location. Whoa. They they celebrate it twice? One at well, nine well, and one? Yeah, well, they just have two different fireworks shows, one at nine and then one at midnight. Interesting. And it's on a harbor, mm -hmm. like a lot of cities. So this is, this is a particularly iconic harbor. Oh, man. I'm not a harbor gal. <laughs> 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 oh, I I know it's gonna bite me in the butt when you say the answer. I'm like, oh, of course. Um, and uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna have to guess the D.C. Harbor area, but I no. doubt that's the correct answer. <laughs> no. Well, I said one of the first places in the world to ring in the New Year annually. Oh. Oh. Okay. Dude, we'll, we'll let you. Do you want to take one more guess? <laughs> I didn't think internationally. Um, I have no idea. I really have no idea. Okay, Sam, do you know? Um, my guess is Sydney, Australia. Oh, what? Correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so stupid. Among other locations, fireworks are shot off from the Sydney Harbour Bridge and from barges in front of the Opera House. I caught a glimpse of that last night, and it was very cool to watch. One of my friends was in Sydney, and I saw her on her Instagram story all the fireworks up on the Opera House and stuff, and it was beautiful. Makes me, makes me miss Australia. Finally, question <laughs> five. The annual companion to the Rose Parade is the Rose Bowl, held at the namesake stadium in Pasadena, which historically is a game between the winner of the Pac-12 conference and what Midwestern athletic conference? Oh man. Um oh man, I don't know if I know the name of the conference. It usually has like Georgia and Ohio State. <laughs> um I have no idea, so I'm just gonna guess it's not the ACC. Just gonna guess if that's what I don't think it's correct. 
That's your guess? Yeah. Okay, that's not correct. Yeah. Uh, Sam? You said Midwestern Conference? Yeah. Um, so it's between two. Um, I'm going to guess the Big 12. As the other one. Big oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Big 10. This year's game uh, is the University of Utah, which is the winner of the Pac-12, and Ohio State University, co-champions of the Big 10 East Division. Of course, the winner of the Big Ten this year was Michigan, but they qualified for the college football playoff instead, and they sadly were destroyed <laughs> by Alabama. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the end of round two. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? Can I verify my score? Because my internet dropped for a oh, bit. Oh, okay. Did you? Let's see. Where Where did you? Where did you I check out? I didn't get any of them. <laughs> okay, well, I got we, got the first question right. And yes. is okay. And, uh, and then we we give her half credit for number three of Sam's. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. and and of hers. I oh, think and that of might her. Okay. Yeah, the old langs. Did you miss the old langs Ein question? I was there, but then I dropped off before we concluded that. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah, we gave her half credit for knowing the tune of old langs Ein. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. I also got the Sydney question. And correct. then Sam got yeah Sam got Sydney. Which was okay. the fourth of which was the fourth of Hannah's questions. Gotcha. Sorry, I'm all caught up now. <laughs> okay. So Carter, would you now like to give us a score update? Yes, we have Sam at 90 points and Hannah at 50 points. When you asked me to verify your scores, I've not been keeping score. I never keep score. So I unless something jumps out at me as blatantly wrong, I would never No, I'm never that. wrong, Matthew. It's completely my books are very well kept. That's true. You did invent, for those of you who are listening, Carter did invent a very user-friendly spreadsheet for the scorekeeping of this podcast. And so whenever whenever we have other people do the scorekeeping, all I do is I send them the spreadsheet and I say it's pretty self-explanatory. And it is. It works great. So good job, Carter. Thank you. Alrighty, now it is time for round three. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Uh, yes, in round three, you will again get five questions, each open-ended. Um, this time, they'll be on different topics, and they'll be worth 30 points. If you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. Alrighty, Sam, are you ready for your five questions? I am ready. Let's go. Okay. Question one. What interstate highway originates at the Pennsylvania Turnpike and goes through the southern part of downtown Pittsburgh before crossing the Monongahela River at the Fort Pitt Bridge. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. You said starts at the turnpike, goes through the Fort Pitt Bridge. Is it 22? No. Hannah, want to take a guess? What? (laughs) 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 I'm going to guess a random number, and that's going to be... 66. No, that's definitely not it. No, that's uh, no, definitely not it. Um, No, uh, 22 is not actually an interstate highway. It's a U.S. highway. Oh, Um, we were looking for I-376, also known as the Penn Lincoln Parkway. What's really sad is I drove on that every single day to work for the last two years of college. (laughs) Well, and I may have asked you that question because i thought that you may have had a fair amount of interaction with that highway but it's okay definitely question two harris county contains the vast majority of what largest city in texas 
Harris County, largest city. Um, so they have quite a few big cities. I don't know much about most of them, but I was just in Austin, so I'm going to go with Austin. That's not Austin. Oh. Hannah? Uh, I, I'm not sure, so I guess another city around Austin. Um, I'm going to guess Houston. It is, in fact, Houston. Austin, nice. Austin, I believe, is like fourth or fifth. I don't have the table up in front of me, but really? um, it goes like Houston, Dallas, and then after that, it gets a little fuzzy. But also up there is San Antonio and Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many big cities there. Yeah. Question three. The smallest and lightest bone in the human body is located in what organ? In what organ? Oh, smallest and lightest bone. Okay. Um, ugh, this is actually a very interesting question. I'm going to guess, because of how complex this organ is, the heart. Uh, no, it's not the heart. Hannah? It's somewhere around the head, I think, um, from what I remember. And I'm almost positive it's in your ear. So like the auditory system, your ear. That's correct. The ear. Okay. Yes. The stapes is the smallest and lightest bone in the human body, which is involved in the conduction yes. of sound waves into the inner ear. That's what I remember. Nice. Question four. Which Broadway musical was adapted for television in 2013 in a production starring Carrie Underwood as Maria? Oh my goodness. I have to get this right, because if I don't, then Hannah's definitely getting it right. Um, Maria, it came out, in, or it was adapted in 2013? Yeah, it was one of those, like, NBC did, like, a live television Oh, it went from that... theater to TV. Yes. Okay, I was thinking the other way around, and I was like, that's interesting. Okay. Um, and she was uh, Maria. Not gonna lie, I did not know really anything about most musicals. <laughs> um I'm going to guess Rent. No. No. Hannah? That's such a funny guess, trying to imagine Carrie Underwood <laughs> in Rent. <laughs> um, I forgot it was about that point. Definitely Sound of Music. I watched that one. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the success of this broadcast led NBC to create several more live television musicals, most recently Annie Live uh, this past month. And finally, question five. What American businessman invented the best-selling version of the safety razor. Ooh, okay. That is very interesting. Is this like a famous businessman? I guess so. I, I hadn't necessarily heard of him, but I've heard his name. Okay. His name appears... Oh, okay, I got you. So if his name is in the razor, safety razor, whew... I literally have no idea. I honestly don't know that I could name a brand that sounds like it's somebody's name. Hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm going to go with... I'm now just blanking on all Razor brands. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Okay. Hannah? I... I don't know either. I really don't know. Okay. This guy's name is King C. Gillette. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, and he founded his namesake company in 1901. 
Wow, that's so long ago. Yep. Yep, and I I believe they're the top like the Yeah, uh, definitely. They've got to be. Yeah. Alrighty, Hannah, are you ready for your five questions? I am. Yes. Okay. Question 1. Interstate 64 intersects US 29 and what other US highway outside of Charlottesville, Virginia? Oh, man. I know 29 and 64 like the back of my hand, <laughs> but do I know the third? Oh. There's like one other numbered route that goes through Charlottesville. Yes. Is it um, 91? No. No. It's definitely not. No. Uh, Sam? Is it 81? No, uh, this is U.S. Route 250. 250 yeah yeah i definitely yeah. drive that um and like, two, us 250 <laughs> parallels i-64 from stanton all the way down to richmond yeah it does take question two the city of matamoros in tamaulipas is directly across the rio grande from what large texas border city and i'll give you a hint it was not among the largest cities in the state that i mentioned <laughs> a few minutes ago yes Okay, goes against the Rio Grande. And can you say what it is against the other two cities? Um, uh, so Matamoros is the city on the Mexican side, and it's in the Mexican state of Tamaulipas. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm trying to think of U.S. cities on the border, and all I can think about is El Paso. So I'm going to guess El Paso, but I don't think that's correct. No, it's not El, pa uh, um, not El Paso. Sam? That was my guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. You said it's in Texas? Yep, it's in Texas. And it's not a big... Yeah, I'm not going to be able to come up with it. Okay. Uh, this is Brownsville, Texas. And it's, uh, it's located very close to the uh, Gulf of Mexico down there in southern cool. texas question three on january 5th 1975 what musical featuring an all-black cast opened on broadway and was later adapted into a film starring michael jackson uh the whiz that's correct ease on down the road is perhaps the best known song from the musical in the original broadway production won seven tony awards including best musical and best original score uh, Sam and I actually uh, were stage managers for that when it was at our high school. I kind of thought it was the middle school production. Yeah, it I, was the middle yeah. school. <laughs> I thought I thought I remembered that. That's a long time ago. <laughs> Question four: What is the scientific term for the production of light by living organisms? Bioluminescence. That's correct. Glowworms and fireflies are among the the animals capable of bioluminescence. And finally, question five. Bradley Cooper received an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor in for this for what 2013 black comedy crime film in which he starred alongside Christian Bale and Amy Adams? Ooh. Amy. Ooh. Oh, goodness. This was 2013, you said? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I can't say I, I know it. Um, ah. Yeah, I... Oh! Wait. Wait, wait, wait. 2013? Mm-hmm. Oh, and this was a crime thing? Black comedy crime film. Comedy crime. 
okay the only thing i remember he was in that while ago was american sniper but i don't i don't know if that's right no it wasn't american sniper okay sam no clue okay this was american hustle Oh, uh, that's what I was like. I don't think American Sniper is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. No, 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 definitely not that one. Yeah, this was American Hustle. Yeah. And uh, Cooper's birthday is January 5th, which is the date that this podcast is being released. Nice. Happy birthday, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And right, Matthew. That... And Matthew, yeah. Happy birthday well, today. Yeah, but, yeah, but today. <laughs> not, Jan- not January 5th. I have the superior birthday. Definitely. Yes. True. Yes. Um, alrighty, that's the end of round three. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? We have a bit of a lead change with Sam at 90 and Hannah at 155. Oh, wow. Ooh, man. I'm blown away in that round. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, now it is time for round four. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Round four, of course, is our showdown in which you'll each get three questions worth 40 points each. Um, we'll ask you to write down your answer to these questions and we'll reveal them at about the same time because you'll each get the same question. All righty, Sam, Hannah, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Question one. The January 1781 raid on Richmond in which the British troops severely damaged Richmond, Virginia, was led by what turncoat general? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Civil War. Revolutionary War. Revolutionary War. Even worse. (laughs) Even worse. Uh, Okay. Sam, do you have a guess? No. No clue. Hannah? I don't even remember if he was in the Civil Revolutionary, but I'm going to guess Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, he was Civil War. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> he was not a turncoat. Um, no, a turncoat was the operative word here, um, and that was, of course, Benedict Arnold. And he had previously been a Continental Army general serving under George Washington, but switched sides after a plan for him to surrender the fort at West Point to the British was uncovered. And despite the raids on Virginia's capital, it was not the turning point in the war that the British had hoped, and the decisive Battle of Yorktown was just nine months later. Got to brush up on that history. Okay. Yeah, yeah I got to read some <laughs> historical books, apparently. <laughs> Question two Archie Bunker was the main character of what monumental sitcom that aired from 1971 to 1979? Oh, man. It's like a family sitcom, I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. 71 to 79. <sighs> I have a guess, but I don't think it's right <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, Sam, do you have a guess? I do not have a guess, no. Okay. Um, Hannah, do you have a guess? Family Ties? Is that what it's called? No. Uh, F- family Ties was in the 80s, um, but oh. it, does have the, it does have the word family in it. Uh, this is called All in the Family. Oh, so and the, the show uh, was monumental because it dealt with issues that had been previously not considered suitable for television or previously previously been considered not suitable for television, including racism, homosexuality, women's liberation, and abortion. And the iconic Archie Bunker chair is on display at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. And finally, question three. I'm afraid it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> the Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was a novella published in 1886 by what Scottish novelist who also wrote Treasure Island. 
This sounds so familiar. I, I know. Oh. Jekyll and Hyde. This is definitely going to be one of those answers where I'm going to beat myself for not knowing it afterwards. 100%, yeah. Any any guesses, Sam? No. Okay. Scottish author, no. Hannah, did you have a guess? Unfortunately, I do not. I know it's one of those, like, three, he has, like, three names in his name. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember what it was. Well, that's that's good, at least. Um, Um... uh do you want to just do you want to just take a guess at some names sure (laughs) uh i i'm almost positive it's like robert something something so robert lewis johnson i'm gonna guess guess. Okay, well, we definitely need to give you partial credit because what? his name is Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> no way! Wow. Um, what? I mean, Louis is such a classic, like, middle <laughs> name of an author, you know? Yeah, and what? very, very British. Yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson. What a guess. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm very surprised with myself. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, the vernacular phrase Jekyll and Hyde has come to mean someone who seems good on the outside but is sometimes shockingly evil. Um, Carter, let's see. Um, <laughs> I guess two thirds. That's not very pretty, but when divided by 40. Wow, but, really? You know, wow. I don't think I deserve it, but thanks. <laughs> I think you do. You pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah, we'll say two thirds credit for that. So, however many points that is 30, no, not, not quite 30, 20, 26.66 <laughs> points. Right. Have fun with that math. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it. No worries. Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, that's the end of the game. So, Carter, can you please give us the final score? Uh, well, we have Sam with ninety, and Hannah with one hundred and eighty-one point six 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 seven. Well, congratulations, Hannah. You have won. Uh, do you have anything you. that you would like to say? <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to trust my gut more often on, on those guesses. I should have guessed more, I guess. Yeah, clearly. Well, that's and happy should... birthday. Oh, thank you. Yes. Happy birthday, <laughs> Matthew. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course. It was fun. It was, oh, it's always great to have my friends on the show. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Sam and Hannah, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. Today's questions were written by Lucas Hauser, Stephen Pitters, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our website, triviaovertea.com. No, just kidding. We, we, we haven't built that yet. Uh, check out our <laughs> Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea, as well as our Twitter account at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week. The website's on my to-do list.